Welcome to Community Convos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. This is Dedalian, and with me in the studio today is co-founder of a thing called Stoopfest. He is James Reddick. Did I say your last name right there? Radic. Yep. Radic. Okay. I, I actually mistyped it here on the paper. So that, that's okay. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming in to talk a little bit about Stoopfest. First of all, let's get started off by just real quickly telling me when does it happen this year? Absolutely. And before I get started, uh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. April 21st and 22nd this year for Stoopfest. Okay. So now we got that. We're going to actually revisit that a little bit later on just so that anybody that didn't catch it, you know, next time around after we get through the concept of what this is. And that's where I want to start with this. What is the concept behind Stoopfest? Yeah, so Stoopfest uh, started in 2016. You know, we noticed we had a lot of house venues throwing kind of non-traditional concerts and shows in their basements or in their backyards. And we said, hey, let's kick off each spring, summer, the the warm weather season with a sort of celebration of that kind of ethos, that do-it-yourself, you know, you help me, I'll help you. We're a community. We're all in this together. Let's find a way to bring that together, have a very cohesive festival to kind of start the, what I think of as the backyard music concert season. Okay. And I, and I saw the, the whole DIY on the website quite a bit. So that, that is really the concept behind this from ground zero, right? That is the mission statement. We are a not-for-profit festival. We are not making any money off the festival itself, um, but we are contributing a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. We're not hiring any, uh, you know, a lot of people to do marketing or anything like that. It's all us, whether we have a background in it or not. We're just kind of figuring it out as we go. We have people who have a little bit of sound experience running sound, but they say, hey, uh, I care about this. I'm willing to sacrifice my time and volunteer to learn more about it, help this festival out. And that's always been very important to us to keep that sort of do-it-yourself, like you said, DIY, like we're committed to this community. We're willing to learn. We're willing to put in the effort. We want to show the love and the support and the power that this community has when it comes together. That's cool. And then, and this next one's going to be a loaded question, and I know it because I'm going to ask you, where does it happen? Absolutely. So uh, for the last, this is the second year where we will be having our sort of, uh, you know, our HQ, our, uh, our headquarters at Hunter Park on the east side of Lansing. That has always been where we've been, the east side of Lansing. Sometimes our headquarters are a bar, you know, where, where most of the shows take place. The last couple of years, especially with COVID and everything, we want to have as much outdoor as possible so that people feel as comfortable as possible. So in 2022, we made the big switch to have our headquarters where we have our main stages at Hunter Park. But we've always been on the east side of Lansing. That's where a lot of us come from. That's where a lot of us have spent, uh, you know, a lot of our formative years in the music community and in the music scene. And it's important for us to keep that in our community. Very good. And I think trying to make every single one of these performances would be difficult because you guys have got quite a bit there. It's not possible. I'll it's tell you not. that right now. We have, uh, I think we, this is the, this year we have the most amount of artists we've ever had. We have just over 80 artists performing at the festival and that is across 10 different venues. So it's just not 
possible to hit them all. <laughs> and you've got to make some tough choices. We've already had some people reaching out to us saying, no, why are you doing this? I love both of these artists playing at the same time. Uh, but that's just kind of how it shakes out sometime. And, and the beautiful thing is hopefully we can have them back a little later down the road. You know, if you miss an artist you really wanted to see, they're going to fall in love with Lansing. I'm positive and I know that they will come back. Very good. And if somebody did want to try to at least catch all the different venue locations, not specifically the backyard ones, is there a way to do that where, you know, they can just get a ticket for everything across the board? Absolutely. All of our ticketing information can be found at stoopfest.com. But it's really simple. A a Stoopfest wristband is going to get you all access to every location, every stage, every venue. We're not like, you know, we don't really do a whole lot of picking and choosing, oh, you know, I want to go here, I want to go here, let's have an a la carte ticketing price, you know. We have pretty much two options. Do you want to come out for both days or do you want to come out for just one? Regardless of what you choose, uh, you know, if you want the single day pass, that's going to get you access to every venue on that day that you choose. We hope that you do uh, the Friday and the Saturday so you really get the full taste of what Stoopfest has to offer. But that Stoopfest wristband, that is an all-access wristband that is getting you everywhere, getting you a chance to see everybody that you want to see. What is this, six, year six? Is this what, what it is? Uh, this is year six, yep. Yeah, six years of doing this. You kind of brushed on it a little bit in the beginning there, but tell me exactly how this got started. Like, where you, I mean, I, by now you've got to be kind of going, I really wish I'd had brain surgery back then, because this is a tough project to put together. <laughs> it is, and it gets tougher every year. Uh, you, you, the first year was uh, in 2016. That was our first year. I know we had a, took a couple years off due to COVID. Uh, but as you said, this is year number six. That first year, it was, I think, five house venues. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a bar or anything like that. It was all non-traditional spaces. And Very was, much a neighborhood type It thing. was just a neighborhood. Like it, it was kind of like, I feel like it happened almost a little more organically than we even could have anticipated. Like mm-hmm. a couple of us said, hey, you know, Earth Day, weather's going to be nice. It's also record store day. We're going to have a show to kind of celebrate that. Another house in the neighborhood had that same idea. And then it started kind of snowballing from there where it said, hey, you know, if we're both thinking, hey, it's Earth Day, it's Record Store Day, we want to have some sort of a music celebration to highlight that, talk about, you know, highlight the weather getting warmer and really showcase our community. I think we might have something here where we can mm. we can take this and, and really run with it. Very cool. So what are some of the venues that are incorporated in this this year? Yep. So we've got uh, Hunter Park. We have uh, two stages set up at Hunter Park this year. We're really, really excited about that. That's going to be both Friday and Saturday. We will also be operating at the Avenue on Michigan Ave, of course, on uh, Friday and Saturday as well. And then we have a lot of programming at The Junction, which is uh, a, a rebranded, uh, kind of new to the east side, but in, a, in an old familiar space, the former Green Dot Stables building. We'll have a lot going on on Saturday there. And then uh, aside from that, everything is, oh, well, we also have uh, some programming at the Allen Neighborhood Center and the East Side Lansing Food Co-op. I almost slipped there because it used to be the East Lansing Food Co-op. It is now mm-hmm. the East Side yeah. Lansing Food Co-op. So we'll have some programming going on there as well. And then we have uh, four different house venues, all of which are pretty walkable from uh, Hunter Park itself, which is, like I said, our kind of our main destination this year. If you want to check out all the list of bands 
you can go to stoopfest.com or .org, either one, I think, yep, right? Yep, they both go to the same place. And there is no way I want you to rattle off every single artist. It, it was amazing to me. When I was looking at this list, I was like, I know a lot of these artists, but a lot of them I am not familiar with. So yep. tell me some of the highlights. Who, who are ones that you're looking forward to seeing? Absolutely. I am very much looking forward to seeing Joshua Smith, who is a very respected and very talented Lansing artist. He is doing a 10th anniversary celebration of his album, The Final Season. He'll be performing that in full at Hunter Park. I'm very much looking forward to that. That is number one for me. Aside from that, I have some dear friends from Ohio coming up called Runaway Brother, one of my favorite, favorite uh, kind of contemporary bands. Very good. I hope a lot of people check them out. They don't get the love that they deserve. Uh, they should be a massively well-known band at this point, in my opinion, and that's what makes Stoopfest so cool is because we have these bands that you get to see in a sort of non-traditional setting mm -hmm. who are very good, very talented. I'm also very much looking forward to uh, the Grey Matter set this year. They are always a Stoopfest highlight alongside uh, Rodeo Boys, some more Lansing legends, if you ask me, She, Her, Hers, Rent Strike, Get Tough. These are all acts that I'm really, really looking forward to. Very cool. And I know one question that a lot of people are going to have is, because some of this is outdoors, what happens if it rains? That is uh, what we discussed in our meeting last night, okay? So we have uh, a lot of the outdoor stages will be transitioning to somewhere that is covered. Um, Hunter Park does have a couple covered areas already that we've got a plan for. Uh, a lot of our house venues will be shifting slightly to be more garage shows than backyard shows, potentially basement shows if needed. Uh, and then we also do have some bars in the area like the Junction and the Avenue to lean on as well. So we've got a contingency plan for rain. We always have fingers crossed mm -hmm. for for nice weather, but we are a rain or shine event. It will not be canceled regardless of what the weather is. Uh, we're a go, but we do have our backup plans. Hopefully we don't have to get there, but a plan is always in place. Now, as we're recording this, of course, uh, here in the area, the weather has taken a little bit of a turn for the better. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that will last with us for the next couple of weeks. We, here. we were doing our press for this last year and it was snowing a week before Stoopfest. And we thought, uh, I don't know how we're going to convince people to come out to this <laughs> festival that's next week when it is 40 degrees outside. But thankfully, we got really fortunate and it was like 80 degrees and sunny on the Saturday. So Very we cool. got really lucky. Very cool. So I know one of the concerns, of course, has got to be, I mean, you're doing house parties in a way. What's the concerns with capacity? We are always thinking safety first. OK, okay? Um, the unfortunate reality of a festival such as this where you have so many different venues. Mm -hmm is that, you know, I can't have every Stoopfest attendee coming to one venue hoping to see one band. So really it is a, a, you know, all of these venues with the exception of Hunter Park, which is, you know, the big outdoor space, everything else has a limited capacity, which we already have kind of in the back of our heads going in. Mm -hmm. We are very diligent about people's safety and making sure that we are not putting people in harm's way in any, any sort of capacity. So unfortunately, you know, we will have to say, hey, you know, if you come to a venue and it is at capacity, we're going to be honest with you. We're going to say, hey, we are at capacity right now. If you want to hang out and wait and see if folks leave, you are more than welcome to come in. But we are not willing in any way to sacrifice people's safety just so they can see a band they want to see. Very good. I wanted to know, like, if uh, people have gators, little, little ones, mm -hmm. if they wanted to bring those along, we're talking about some what are considered bar venues. Are, are they allowed? Yeah. The Avenue is a 21 and up venue. Let me say that 
right at the top, uh, but the junction is all ages up until 9 o'clock. So if you want to come to the junction and see a band, you are more than welcome to. It is also a fantastic restaurant inside there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer free tickets to anyone 12 years of age or younger. So if you have little ones that you would like to bring along, I encourage you to do so. Get them seeing some really cool artists performing, and hopefully that inspires them to pick up you know, an instrument or start singing or, or, or what have you. Um, yeah, I noticed one of the bands that uh, is playing is uh, School of Rock, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We have the East Lansing School of Rock uh, performing on the Hunter Park main stage. So they're always year. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we always, 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 a big thing um, about kind of our ethos and our vision is... You know, having a really diverse lineup so the people in the community, they can see themselves on stage, mm-hmm. right? And they can say, hey, this is something that I could do. I could pick up the bass or pick up the guitar or, or, or play the drums or sing. This is within the realm of possibility for me. We really want as many children to come out as possible and see the festival with their parents and guardians and really be inspired by what they see that day. I know it's a little bit late for bands to get in this year. When do you guys usually start looking for bands come next year? We will start probably, we like to give ourselves a month or two to kind of decompress and talk about what went well, what did not go well. And then we get right back into the planning for the next year's festival about July, August. Mm-hmm. And we are uh, we try to be as transparent as possible in terms of when we are looking for artists to apply uh, and how they can do so successfully. OK. And as far as volunteers go, everybody that's a part of this is a volunteer. Are you still looking for volunteers at this point? This is a labor of love and it very much takes a village to put on this festival. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are definitely still looking for some help in doing that. I mean, even if it was like the day before, would you suggest to somebody, hey, hey, if you are willing to help out? If you are willing to put in a few hours, we asked volunteers to work a four hour shift. Uh, if you are willing to do that, that is going to give you the rest of the festival for free, all access pass. Uh, we will take you up until the Thursday before. Um, so we have all sorts of information on how to apply uh, on our, our on our website, which is stoopfest.com. Uh, you can also find it at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash stoopfestlansing. And this isn't normally a question I would ask, but I noticed it on your website, so I wanted to make sure I got it out there because I thought this was really cool. What happens to the money when it's done? The money does not go to us. Mm-hmm. The uh, the founders and the uh, promoters of Stoopfest. It gets split up amongst our uh, local performing artists from Lansing. Obviously, we have expenses to clear. We have guarantees for our artists coming in from out of town. But everything after that, once we clear our expenses, we basically we, we put it in a pot and we just distribute it evenly amongst all of the artists that played from the hometown area. So okay. that everyone is, we think it's very, very important to pay people adequately for their time and talents for coming out to perform at the festival. And I'm very proud of the fact that we have year after year been able to, a lot of these artists say, Hey, this is the most money I've ever made at a DIY show. Thank you so much for doing this. I am very proud of that. That means a lot to me. And I hope it means a lot to the artists. DIY show. You're just lucky to be making any money really. I mean, honestly. Yeah. You're hoping for 20 bucks, you know, to get some McDonald's afterwards. Grab, grab, grab a burger or something. Yeah. Again, James Raddick, co-founder of the Stoop Fest. When is it happening again this year? April 21st and 22nd. It is on Lansing's east side, our hometown community. Uh, and we've got all sorts of information for you at stoopfest.com. And if you're listening to this on the radio, I will have this available in the notes of the podcast version of the show. James Raddick, co-founder of Stoop Fest. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to me a little bit about this. Pleasure has been all mine. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo.